There's the clap. So uh, I think that means we're about to start the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name's Chris Sulame. I'm the co-host of Shop Talk, brought to you by 124Go. I'm sitting here with uh, my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. Still the same name. Yep. Still the same guy. Still the same loud, gargarious voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, it took years to get this. I believe it did. I believe it did. At least 13, right? <laughs> At least 13. <laughs> um, we have a really special guest with us today, and we're super excited about this conversation. Yes. Um, we've got Missy Megason with us. Hello. Did I say name right? It's, yeah, it's Meganson. I think you said Megan. it right. Awesome. Fantastic. I actually have never heard you say it out loud. So uh, I, I took a stab in the dark. With my I don't dis- even I don't even tell people what it is when I'm on the phone. I just say like, let me spell it for you. <laughs> because it's not even worth going down that path. Yeah. Um, and Missy is the owner of the page at So You're a Hairstylist. Um, a great uh, industry blog, lifestyle blog, uh, encouragement blog, if you will. I'm, I'm using my own words now. I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. Fantastic. That we discovered not that long ago, and we started to really interact on social media uh, and found that we have a lot in common. Right. And so, you know, that prompted uh, this conversation, and we're going to talk about a lot of various things, but most of all, you know, really the opportunities for hairstylists and uh, whether you're a newer hairstylist as well as, you know, maybe a hairstylist that found yourself in a rut or you're looking to reinvent yourself. Um, and so, Missy, we're just really happy to have you. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. So, John? So, you know, before we, um, you know, pressed record, uh, we were talking to Missy a little bit about um, – you know, how she came to create the blog and where she's at in her career at the moment. And I thought it was a great story. Yep. Um, so maybe we can revisit that. Is that okay? Yeah, I'd love that. Right. Especially so, since I've already said it. <laughs> so you got some, you got you got some practice. practice. Practiced. So take two. Okay, here we go. Um, so I have been in the industry for about 15 years and I have um, – I found myself in a place in this salon that I'm at where we were looking for uh, an assistant and we just, it kind of put in front of me newer stylists, which I hadn't been around in a while. And in the state of Florida, you have to be licensed to be able to shampoo out color. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that how it is in Georgia as well? I don't think it is here. Nope. Okay. So in Virginia, it wasn't. So a shampoo girl could be, you know, it was my sister at one point. She was my assistant. I don't recommend that. (laughs) I was my brother's shampoo boy, by the way. You know, I mean, if she listens to this, I love you, but it just, she knows why. So, um, so this was new for me that our assistants that we were bringing in were actually new licensed stylists, right? They had to be in order to be coming in. So we were sort of bringing them in, in like a trainee fashion. Mm-hmm. And, um, we went through four in a year and it really opened my eyes that, um, students are coming out of school and sort of just finding themselves stuck very quickly either stuck because they're overwhelmed because they don't know what to do or stuck because I I feel like overwhelmed might be the the best way to describe it because you either are 
you don't know how to get to the level you want to be at, or you don't even know where to start to start making money, right? And everybody comes out of school and wants to start making money, stat. Right. So I just sort of took up this cause, if you will, and right. threw myself out there not knowing anything about anything tech related. My husband thinks I am a crazy person when I'm sitting trying to build a website at like two o'clock in the morning. And I just really wanted to create a space where I could start taking the things that I've learned. I've built my business from the ground up twice and really just be a source for actionable steps for new stylists. And you guys are creating such an amazing culture where you're at, where I really feel like I want to come see the school. First of all, I'm inviting myself there. So that happened on air. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are creating this culture where I think stylists are going to come out really prepared. Everything I see you doing behind the scenes, I think you're setting them up to maybe not have as much of a, a learning curve. Well, it's, and it's interesting because uh, a, part of the, a part of our off-camera conversation, if you will, um, was about you know, the, the similarities sometimes between a new stylist as well as a stylist that might find themselves stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the feelings of overwhelm, hopelessness, right. um, frustration, um, maybe I should get out of this career. Maybe I'm not that good at this. Maybe I, you know, have a different path. Maybe I have a different calling. Like, you know, these are, these are, two places that are very similar and what, and what we liked right away about what you said uh, was, you know, the action steps and like things, you know, that you need, you know, that you can put your boots on the ground. You can do these really calculated uh, steps, focus on these things and you're going to be able to build your business, you know, stack, if you will. Yeah. And you kind of shared uh, one of the things that, interests me about your journey is the fact that you've moved twice and built your business from the ground up. I'm, I'm in the process of doing the same thing um, now. And so let's talk, why don't we just jump into some steps? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, and the first step that I want to, I want to get to is you said something, you know, previously as we were doing the warm up, you said that you decided to plant your flag, right? I did. So here's the is first that like, What is that? Is that like a Napoleon reference? You know I what? Know. I thought it was on the moon. Uh, yeah, oh, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. It's a lunar reference. I like it. Um, and I think that's the first step, is making a decision, yeah. right? And so let's talk about your decision first, and, let, and let's move from there. So in your words, you decided to plant your flag. Why? Why? I mean, you, you told your backstory about how you've seen your company go through four assistants in a year. You know, you looked at that and said, oh, those poor kids don't get any help, right? But you made a decision. You decided to take action. What was the what was the impetus for that? Why why those people? Why, why you? Yeah, why you? Why me? That's such a good question. I honestly don't know. I <laughs> I um you know my husband and I have been um I I call him a serial entrepreneur. We've been entrepreneurs forever, and so I think my brain is conditioned to see a problem and come up with a solution, right? And I mean, I think as hairstylists, we're kind of conditioned to do that too, right? You have gray hair. Let me figure out how to get rid of it. Your bangs are not working. We need to fix that. 
So um, I was in my house and I was just going through, I was genuinely sad. Like I love what I do so much and what the freedom that this career has given me to um, make an amazing living and be a mom is something that I have friends that have master's degrees that are jealous of, right? And so to see people that are going through the hours and hours that it takes to get licensed and then falling off because they didn't feel like they could make it, I immediately had this, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just felt like I might not be the answer, but I can't sit by and watch anymore. So yes. if I can help one person find an easier path to their career that keeps them from quitting, if they genuinely want to do this, then that's my mission. Yeah, and I, I, we'll add some statistics to that. You know, uh, commonly and com very commonly known, 80% of people that go to hair school aren't in the business within five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so insane. that's a lot of time to go to time. school. Yeah. It's a lot of time to go to school. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's I, now I'll make up some statistics. I'm, that's uh, how I work. That's how I yeah, operate. Right. I think probably 80% of them, or at least 50% wouldn't have jumped ship if they, if they just would have mm -hmm. had a few of the tools. Right you know, that she's, that you're kind of talking about or that, you I know, agree. those action snap pieces. Yeah. I think for too many stylists, it's kind of like how your grandfather would have taught you to swim, which is he just threw you in the pool and said, swim. Right. You know, and I think right. for too many assistants, too many first time stylists, that's what it's like. And the unfortunate part is half of them drown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the first, you know, what were some of the first things that came to mind that you wanted to, share about when you were planting the flag in the ground and some of the first things that you saw these new people coming out of school feeling that they're ill-equipped you know that you you thought god if you just knew this yeah i in, immediately saw and it was multiple different people you know multiple different interviews so we only hired four people but we went through a pretty big interview process and what i was so disappointed by was it really felt like nobody was properly prepared for how to present themselves for an interview, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking showing up on time for an interview on time is late. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and we're talking people showing up 10, 15 minutes late texting that they didn't know they needed to get gas. And I'm not one that's just going to say like, oh, this next generation of people is, I'm a grandma millennial, by the way. So, you know, I'm like, I'm on the cusp. So I like take up a, a fence for millennials. And I'm just like, okay, let's not just label these people. Were they not taught how to do this, right? Like our kids have to be taught how to obey and how to do the right things. Where are we missing creating a system for these people to know that you need to be on time for your interview? Right. Mm -hmm. And that you need to show up with your hair done because by the way, we're in the beauty industry. industry. So your makeup needs to be done. Your hair needs to look good. It cannot be in a wet bun and you might not need to be in a suit and heels, but you need to be reflecting 
your personality and how you're planning to show up to work as a stylist from the moment you step into that interview. Um, that was what? You mean sweatpants and a t-shirt don't work? Yeah, no, like athleisure even is like not okay, okay? Even if it's Lululemon, that's no, that's a no-go for me. That's close though. Lululemon's close. Come on. <laughs> listen, listen. It, uh, Lululemon, I mean, I might let it slide, but you better have on cute shoes. At least they're branded, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah we're branded. So that yeah. was like that first, like the interview process. And then the um, just... So say you get hired, coming to work on time and coming to work and being on your phone or not on your phone. The mm -hmm. things that you're discussing on the floor of the salon, right. the things you're talking with clients about at the shampoo bowl, mm -hmm. very simple things that can very quickly make or break your career, right? Yeah. And, you know, so for, for those people out there who – go to the job interview with the sweatpants and the t-shirt and their hair in a wet bun and who come to, to the interview late. And if they, for some reason, do get the job and are on their phone all the time and they're talking about inappropriate um, conversations at the shampoo bowl in the first week they're there, I hear you, but so what? Why, why is that important? Because here's the like thing. Because if I knew it was important, I wouldn't be doing it, right? Right. So tell me why this is so, as that new person, all right, Missy, that's great, but why? Okay, so I think it's important because I think that you have to set yourself up for the job you want, not the job you have, right? So if you want to be a stylist that's commanding high prices, if you want to be a stylist who is respected by your clients and not getting the runaround by them, if you want to be a stylist that's respected by your coworkers or your boss, then you have to command respect yourself. And to me, that boils down into showing up on time, taking pride in how you show up to work. It's going to prove in the, it's going to take you down the trajectory of your job, just those few action steps of dressing like, if you want to be a high-end stylist that commands those prices, you have to show up looking like one. That doesn't mean you need to be in designer clothes. I shop at Target. But that means that I'm going to show up looking prepared for my clients. And they come in. If I have a 9 o'clock client, I'm getting there at 830. You know, I love this discussion so much for multiple reasons. Um, and I think it should be – we say it all the time, but, you know, John and I are, are – millennials who just aren't young um we oh, you want to be part of the club well and and when i say that i mean yeah. we, you know we're a big part i see you i see you're wanting to jump in and cut me off and no, I, you, I, 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 want to, yeah. I wait for you to breathe yeah we're a big we're a big, oh my gosh. We're big fans of millennials yeah. um and cheerleaders of uh and I think the reason, and when I say that, I mean, you know, look, you don't get to choose when you're born, right? You're born when you're born. And I, and you know, I hate to say it to a millennial or any millennials, uh, one day you'll be the old folks that, that, that just is, you know, and, uh, and it's not, that's, it's real far. It's real close around the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, these, these, um, uh, uh, tech natives, mm -hmm. like people that really, you know, will have never even had the discussion about, man, my phone used to be a, it's like, that's not even a thing there. That's right around the corner. And we'll be having new discussions around it. But where I was able to get some clarity around the 
potential of the millennial group is two things. One is my nephew is one. Mm -hmm. Um, He graduated college. He's in his 20s. And he literally is selling robotics for a pharmaceutical company. uh, uh, And he is in the operating room with doctors helping them to put in new limbs, new robotic limbs into people. He's a 28. Incredible. Right. So that's, that's one. And he's just my nephew. I mean, I mean, I don't, we don't need to talk about robotics, but you know, he's that, that's his potential. Um, and now he's been elevated out of that position. But the other place that was really interesting was at living proof. Um, when I was working at living proof, most, not most, many, of the scientists in the labs developing those products. And I, and I really, you know, the, the technology behind the, that brand, I have to say bravo to, um, most of the people in that lab are 20, 21 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, uh, going to Harvard, going to MIT, mm-hmm. doing, thinking way, way, way above my level. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if, if an above average thinker, millennial intellect can do that, then an average person in that age bracket can show up to work on time. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, can make a minute extra because what I want to say to you is, you know, if you're listening and you're in that bracket, we'll talk about veterans here soon, but is you are capable. And that's why I get frustrated every now and again. I, 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 you know, I, I never have anger or whatever, but sometimes I go, don't you see, you're a lot bigger than you think. There's a lot more that you could, and I say have, but I really don't mean have like a new car, or like that sort of thing. There's a lot more that you could credit towards yourself if you did, and I'm, now we're on camera, so I'm showing like an inch, this much more. If you took these couple of extra steps, you have no idea the gems that life will give you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about making a decision, John, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Missy kind of take, you know, planting her flag in the ground. Um, it's the people that just plant their flag in the ground and just start doing something a little bit different a day at a time over time that really end up making impacts. Now, uh, Missy, I saw that you just got back from a kind of a larger or a, or a smaller, maybe social media re- retreat with some really young-ish people that have done some astounding stuff. John and I were just out at Modern Salon Digital Summit mm-hmm. um, and saw the same thing. Now, these are people that fit the bill of what we're talking about that have decided to be more extraordinary, like yourself, in my in our opinion. Um, Thank you. What are some of the things that, you know, you took away from that experience um, (sighs) that we could relate around this conversation? Yeah. So that was the Hair Love um, Club. And I was in LA. That was was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. Just being in a room of people, all different ages, um, you know, people that are defined as major industry influencers, right? Like, you know, totally trying not to fangirl and keep my cool as I'm totally fangirling and not keeping my cool. And um, what all of their, all of their stories, if you listen to it, there is a consistent message was just that they were willing 
to hustle and like not hustle and like uh you have to get you know to this point of burnout and you have to like make it past the next person and climb on top of people to get there but just hustle and that they were all willing to see a goal that they wanted to be met and do this little steps along the way to get there all of them they all had to start small that was their biggest thing they were like none of us this did not happen for us overnight i was reading a book called the overnight success and in the like preface to the book she's like my overnight success took 20 years Mm-hmm. Missy, uh, following up on that, you know, uh, Chris and I are big fans of the Gary V podcast. Yeah. And he talks about hustle all the time, right? Um, he talks about don't worry about it. if it's perfect, just just do it. You know, yeah. And you'll figure out as you go along. Um, you just talked about that as well, that, that hustle. What is it do you think it keeps people from starting or even do? Because here's the thing. This isn't something we heard haven't heard before. Right. right? What? And from watching people and watching the new hires come in and watching the people fresh out of school with their with their diplomas from here cosmetology school what what keeps them from getting started what is it that's holding them back do you think well i do think that not knowing where to start can definitely be a roadblock for people you know some people i i've done a lot of study about personality types i'm like a, i totally nerd out on that and some people it's just Some people are just naturally go-getters and some people aren't, and that's okay. So if you're naturally not someone that's going to come up with that go-get, grit, hustle attitude, then you need to be aligning yourself with the steps, small steps along the way that are going to get you there. And what I think when we were hitting on the kind of millennial topic, I think, you know, for instance, I I love TV. That is how I totally recharge myself. I don't really watch cable anymore because I want to be able to binge watch it. I want to be able to know that I'm going to start. <laughs> I want to know that you I'm going to be able to start something. What? You want to take a day with Netflix, cozy, yes. shut the door and get through 13 episodes. Absolutely. So here's what, here's where I'm, t- I'm taking this. I'm telling you, I'm doing a Netflix analogy here. It's going to get real deep. You know, stay with me here. <laughs> Not at all. It's not getting that deep, but I do have a point. So when you start a show on Netflix, you know that you're going to be able to watch each of those shows and it's going to get you to what? The end, small steps along the way. So as I think this new generation, they they are constantly put with how to get from point A to point B very quickly, right? If you, if you want to finish this show, now, by the way, we all, we all fall into that category. 100%. Here's the five steps to get to anywhere. Right. And so I think that it's just that reminder that there is an end game involved. And yes, it might take longer than being able to set up shop and watch your Netflix show over the weekend. But if you can show up to work on time, look professional, do these steps, follow formulas to get clients in your chair, you are going to see an end result. You just have to be told that that's what's going to get you there. They need to be able to see, and we all do. We all need to be able to know that what we're waking up and doing every day is going to have an end result or else why are we doing it? Right. And I think that's the power that, you know, your blog has, you know, hopefully the influence our podcast has 
but there's lots of different places now because of social media, because of other blogs, because of what you can find on YouTube, what you can find in Instagram stories, where there's a lot of people now putting those steps out for people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I hate to be mean, but it's almost like you don't even have an excuse anymore because there's so many places totally. and so many different um, avenues that you can find those steps. Yep. You know, at this point, all you got to do is Google steps to success and you're going to find 20,000 different varieties, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so give us yours. So what, so now, so now that we're, you know, we're at that point, I got to have some steps. Yeah. I got I to have some steps. So, so what are those things? We've talked a lot about philosophy, talked a lot about the mindset, the willingness, as well as recognizing that the, the apple is there. It's low. It's a low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. All of us can grab it. So what are those top three to five things that you know, know that people could do if they're in the salon, maybe trying to pull themselves out of a rut or wanting to amplify their clientele or have just made a move? Um, okay. Well, I do have three steps and I will let you in on a little secret. I am creating curriculum. Um, Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this is, I, I, I'm, I, I want to, I can say it right now because this, this first batch of curriculum is, um, is something that I'm just going to put out there because it's, it's, it's just something I'm going to put out there. It's going to be, um, it's something I'm working on more to follow on when it's launching, but it's going to be free to start. Um, just because like I said, I started it as a passion project and, um, the steps, can get so much bigger that it's just the vague, but I, I like you're talking about Gary V. I am a podcast, inspirational, entrepreneurial book, junk, you know, podcast book, all of it. I read them all yeah. and words that come up a lot in all of them are, um, value, right? You have to be constantly offering value in everything that you do. And um, so I think that to succeed in our industry, that's what you have to do. You have to be offering value. And that is um, a really simple word, but you can really um, break it down. So I've broken it down into um, you, you're offering value with the end result of your service. And that's your service that you're delivering, the education that you're pursuing and the quality of the product that you're using in the salon. Um, the experience during the service and then, you know, kind of diving into how you can make that experience the most exceptional possible. And then the follow through on that service. And that's what product are you selling? How are you following up with your clients? What are you doing with social media? And I think that a combination of one and two, the end result and the experience can create a, a happy customer, right? They create yeah. a satisfied client, um, but a combination of all three is what creates client sustainability. And what does client sustainability create? Revenue. Exactly. It creates a viable career, one that you can stay in for the long haul. So you are literally the first people to hear my systematic breakdown. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so now let's dig a little bit deeper into that. So I'm brand new, -ish, yeah. right? Um, 
how do I get to my end result and experience faster? So give me, give me, give me three tips on creating a great client experience. If I'm new and I'm, and I do happen to be shampooing and, it, and in Florida, I know, you know, uh, they're called assistants in some States they're called associates, you know, here they're called support set. We have all these kinds of names. So I don't want anybody who's mm. listening to get hung up on the name. I'm new. I'm at the very start of my career. How do I make that experience a standout experience compared to the person down the street who's shampooing and getting started? Um, yeah, the end result. I mean, I, I think that, um, well, first of all, I, I think it does start with showing up to work on time, being prepared and, mm -hmm. and looking the part. Um, but I also feel really strongly that you have to align yourself. Your end result is also dependent on the environment that you're working in. Mm -hmm. um, I think I really strongly feel like we talk a lot about what you need to be doing as a stylist, what you can do, how you can show up to work on time, what you're wearing, um, aligning yourself with good education, which like you said, is available for free, right? Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it. I mean, you can pursue free education, a degree in free hair school practically, you know, on YouTube now. Um, but if you have not aligned yourself with a space that is consistent with your end goal, mm -hmm. that's not going to allow you to offer Right. the best end result possible, right? Because unless you work for yourself, you're not controlling what product line you're using. Right. So if you get hired by a salon that uses what you presume to be an inferior product line, you can't blame that on the owner. Nobody made you work there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel really strongly about your environment that you put yourself in is part of, that end result of the service. And I think where you put yourself straight out of hair school and every step along the way needs to have a purpose and not just be a good for right now. You know what? I think it, um, it turns into a, a, a branding exercise, right? Um, where, you know, we have this end in mind, as you had you know, previously said, you know, what brands, that are carried in the environment that I work for speak about me as a person, right? Um, for instance, an easy one is Aveda. If I'm in an Aveda salon, there's a perception that comes with yeah. that. You know, I'm looking for sustainable products. I'm looking for a company that's green. I'm looking for organic, you know, I'm looking for all those things. But if I'm not that person, right? If I'm not the organic, crunchy granola type, then I look at this product and go, it smells funny, right? Yep. Uh, it doesn't fit my branding. You know, if I'm working in a, in a city environment, but I'm a more of a laid back kind of person, that's not going to work for me. Um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, so that's a branding exercise, you know, working in an environment that you can connect your personal brand yep. with that salon brand. Exactly. I could not agree more. What I'd like to bring, break it down even to more is we like to call it culture. I was wondering when you were going to get there. Yeah. Because I think most people, Chris is like, can you just get to the point? Excuse me. Stop the podcast. When are you going to use the word culture, sir? It's long to get that word out of his mouth. That's all. Well, I think the reason it took me longer 
It's because I think that that's the part of culture that people don't understand, right? Yeah. We talk about culture all day long. Oh, the culture of this place is it's laid back. Oh, the culture of this place, it's a city place. The culture of this place is that. But what we're really talking about when you're talking about culture, and of course it's much deeper than that, but it's about the branding. Am, do I fit in this environment? Is this what I'm trying to be? You know, if those things don't align with who you're at, who you are and what you're trying to create, then five years down the road, you still haven't gotten there. You're frustrated. Maybe you're stuck. You know, it's one of the words Chris is like to use. You're five, ten years into the career and I'm stuck. I, my career's gone nowhere and I don't know how to get unstuck. And for many people, I think the change has to come with either A, finally decide you're aligning with this culture of this company, or B, unfortunately, go find one where you fit. Yeah. This it? mm -hmm. you know? It's true. It's true. Um, and, you know, another thing that you're, you're kind of bringing up in, in all of this conversation, um, when, when I think of experience and what happens in the salon, I, I also know that when I was young, I didn't know how to communicate with people older than me. Mm. You know, I felt super comfortable being in the back room. Um, I'm using that. It's a terrible analogy, but, and talking to my friends, I felt comfortable talking to my friends. Right. That consisted of people around my age bracket or people that were interested. I had thought mm. in the same things I was interested in. I could communicate with them. A client might not be that person. So my suggestion for, an ex for the experience for, for every young generation and every generation who's stuck is learning to communicate on a level that's a little bit more elevated and sophisticated than the one that you naturally live inside. Mm -hmm. um, because I talk all the time about how much I hated working at Living Proof. <laughs> I only say that openly because what I hated about being there was they – I knew I was in a room where I was by far the least smart person in the room. Like, oh, see, I would love that. Yeah, they outclassed me 100%, you know, and, and I would, I, I remember myself editing my words at every second when I, you know, when I was there. That, that falls on me, by the way. This is, you know, this is me saying how good they yeah. are. Um, that said, sitting inside of that, <clears throat> um, bed of coal, if you will, and being compressed, mm -hmm. it, it elevated me as a person. That experience mm -hmm. I can, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for because I saw, wow, if I want to have the type of clientele when I come back out mm -hmm. that I'm going for right now, right. that I'm shooting for right now, mm -hmm. I need to take a page out of th this book. And it's helped me to edit not not become a different not not be different than who I am as a person, mm -hmm. but edit my language when I'm sitting with a client at the salon. Mm -hmm. yep. If you and I are walking down the street, or John and I are walking out of a pizza place, I might drop an f bomb at any moment. You never know when that's going to happen with me. And I'll tell you where it won't happen. Won't happen it won't salon. happen in the salon when Absolutely. I'm standing at the chair, right? Absolutely. I um. I want to ask you a question. You know. Yeah. Well, tying on to what Chris just said, so you're working with these newbies, right? We'll call them newbies for at the moment. Um, and one of the points that Chris just made was really important, you know, being able to elevate yourself so that people see value in you. You know, 
following on, on your premise. How do you show people that, you know, because here's the pushback, right? The pushback with the newbie is, well, that's not me. I don't talk that way. If you don't, if they don't like me, then the heck with them, they can go someplace else. We get defensive by saying, you know, comments like that. I'm sure that's come up, right, with new yeah. people you work with. You know, I don't want to be fake, right? How do you, how do you talk to folks about that? I think it's a really simple answer that nobody can argue, right? So um, there's a lot less opportunity for you to slip up and use foul language if you are making sure that the client's experience is all about them. Mm -hmm. So my rule of thumb is my clients, unless, I mean, I really, I'll even flip the script on them if they try to go the other direction. My rule of thumb is always, is my client leaving my chair knowing more about me or am I leaving knowing more about them? It better be that they're leaving and you know more about them because that is not our therapy space. That is our space. As much as we want to make it feel effortless, right? We're almost like athletes where it looks easy, but we're octopus and we're holding 500 things in one time and cutting straight lines and, We're talking at the same time and running on time and hoping we're not burning their scalp. We're doing lots of things at the same time. And we need to make that conversation flow effortlessly to be about them. And the more you're focusing on them, the less opportunity you have to be inappropriate. Right. Um, Just so you know, I still can't cut hair and talk at the same time. (laughs) I gotta stop one or the Why other. Why do I not believe that? I just can't. I think- <laughs> <laughs> I can't there it. is some sort of female chromosome that makes us, I think, very like conditioned to be able yeah. to do that effortlessly. It's very happy. unpolitically correct. <laughs> What's not politically correct? <laughs> I don't know, but whatever it was, I liked it. So <laughs> sorry. Don't. I don't want any nasty DMs about saying that girls can talk and do more things at the same time. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm just calling myself out. I'm not saying men. I'm saying me. I personally can't do both. Uh, the haircut will take an hour and a half if I'm talking. Um, oh my gosh, that's really funny. Yeah, well, it's funny for me. It's not necessarily funny for the yeah, customer. Yeah, yeah, Are you done? Yeah. Um, anyways, we digress. Yeah. Um, social media, you know, so on one hand, we're talking about you know, making that presentation of who you are in the chair, right, with that client in front of you. But then we're trying to attract customers to us. And a lot of that now is, uh, is a social media aspect. Am I, uh, talk a little bit about the behavior in the salon and how that connects with my behavior or how I put myself out into the world with social media. Oh my gosh, you got it's like, did you check out my blog and see what I've written? Cause I, we did read some of your blog. Okay, because I'm like, wait, it's like you, it's like you know me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I did put it out there on the World Wide Web, so I guess if you read it, that's okay. Um, yeah, no. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah. If you, well, first of all, you need to have a hair page. That period. Like, I strongly believe that you. You need to have a hair page. If you want to have a personal page, I I highly recommend that you make that private, that only people that you allow to see it can see it. Um, Because here's the thing. 
you, as much as you want to be you, right? Like you want people to be coming and sitting in your chair that align with you. And maybe that is that they go out and party on a Saturday night, whatever. When you are starting out, you cannot afford to be limiting your clientele like that. You cannot. You Until you can tell me that you are booked months out and you are ready to start raising your prices and niching down what you're doing, you don't get to start alienating clientele that might sit in your chair because what they see you're doing on a weekend night. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I feel pretty strongly about it because you're turning away potential people by things that you're posting about your personal life if what you're putting on there might make them feel uncomfortable. Have you noticed that getting better or worse, in your opinion? Um, I actually have to say there was a period of time where it was really bad. Um, and I think we all just were kind of trying to find our way. Like, okay, what is this page? What is this hair page unicorn that's like a little bit of us so that people know who we are, but not all of us and an, edit, an edited, curated version of us. I think it's getting better. I, I really do. I, I really don't see a lot, at least of, of what I see out there, of people posting inappropriate things on their hair pages. And if you are, I think it's because people are smart enough to know what I just said, that you don't want to turn off a client. You know, it's like the first, honestly, I think it's the first page in the Milady, um cosmetology book talks sure. about not talking about um, politics and religion behind mm -hmm. the chair. Um, because it's sort of that big covering of what's our first job. Our first job is to make sure that our, our clients are happy right. and feel comfortable with us. And we never want to be putting ourselves in a position where we're making them feel uncomfortable. If they feel uncomfortable because we like to drink coffee. Okay. I can't, I don't know about that, sure, but yeah. there are, there are things that we know we can edit that we put out there that can make our clients feel more comfortable. Do you, do you see, because I'm getting a little bit of this, and just a little bit, um, I see some of our newer, newer staff, right? The ones that are 18, maybe 19 years old, just coming out of hairdressing school. They're not on any social media. They just don't like it, which I find interesting. Um, and again, it's a small group, but I'm wondering if that's going to grow or not. Thoughts? Um, well, definitely the younger kids are not on Facebook at all. Yeah. Um, that's Facebook is, uh, I actually have mis mixed feelings. I'm not on Facebook personally. Um, and I really don't keep up with my blog page very much on there, which is like a whole nother thing that I've been trying to figure out because the people that I'm most talking to aren't really on it. Um, I will say that our, our newest assistant who is amazing, um, is not super young, but he, he doesn't really keep up with his Instagram. And so that was something I was like, you're going to have to get on this social media thing. And I'm like, wow, those are words I never thought I'd have to be saying to someone younger than me. Um, there's some social yeah, media burnout. You having a tool to get on social media is like your grandfather yeah. telling you that you're going to be before me. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I feel like this has been a great conversation. I feel like great. we hit on a lot of very important topics. Mm -hmm. uh, Missy, I guess a couple of last questions. Number one, uh, in closing, uh, do you have any final thoughts or any, any, anything you want to uh, say that you feel like we're leaving on the table? Uh, no, I 
I know that was awesome. I'm so excited that I got to talk with you guys and I am, um, I said more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, this so, is really good. Tell so, us about the curriculum that's coming out. Where, are we, yeah. where can we find this? Where can we see yeah. it? I yeah. haven't, I don't have a total release date yet. It's coming soon. Um, I'm Great. working How on it. How do we interact with you? Yeah, interact with me. I am on Instagram um, at so you're a hairstylist, and I have a website www.soyourahairstylist.com, and that's where I upload all of my blogs. And I've got a pretty awesome email list that's gotten started just because we can't control the Instagram algorithm, but. You can get an email in your inbox if I send it to you. So I'm really starting to um, hone in on my email skills. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. We are as well, John. Uh, I was really happy that you took the time to have this conversation with us. I'm looking forward to your curriculum piece. So that's going to be fun. Um, and uh, I know you mentioned it earlier. Come on up. Get in the oh, car. Yes. Yeah, you're yeah. more than welcome to visit anytime. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you. Come see our school. Come see our salons. Um, yes. Oh, thank you. I'm going to take you up on that. I want to see okay, what's right. going on. Fantastic. I love it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely fantastic conversation. I love everything we covered. So if you're listening and you liked what you heard today, um, please hit that subscribe button and uh, share our, uh, take a snapshot of, if you are listening of this and share it in your Instagram and tag us and we will do the same. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram at 124.go as well as on YouTube at 124.go where this conversation will also post. Um, with that said, John, what else do we need them to do? We need you to go to the Apple iPod, uh, iPad, what is that thing called? iTunes. iTunes. iPod. I, I don't care. Wherever you listen to this podcast. Wherever you listen to this not podcast. Not on an iPod. <laughs> they don't make those anymore. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of antiquated. It's like the kids like starter phones now. So listen, the kids who have iPods are like eight. Okay. You'll have to learn how to swim. Um, I, I want you to write us a wicked great review. Write us a wicked great review. Five stars is my preference. Five stars is the only thing we'll accept. Yeah, but it's one through four. Just, you know what? Get, get some coffee instead. Listen, a four might do well. Listen, a four is like, you're, you're almost great, but there's something better than you. This has, this has gone totally out. <laughs> Thank you all for listening.